you to fill us with your wisdom and all of what you offer for us today that we are so desperately in need of. We ask Spirit of God to guide us now. Every word that's on my tongue, guide it now, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat in here at home. You can do whatever you want. Emmaus, it is awesome to be with you. Amen? Yeah, yeah, we can clap. That's fine. <laughs> I want you to recall a time in your life when you experienced the perfect moment, the perfect day, okay? And I want you to think about what made that so great. I was with my family. We were eating out at our favorite restaurants. Obviously, this was a while ago. And uh, we were just having one of those moments. It had been a long week. I felt like, man, we're sitting down. We deserve this meal together. The kids were getting along. Everyone was interacting just perfectly. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm so blessed. God is so good. This is life. This is joy. Have one of those moments? And then in the middle of that thought, I don't know if you do this, but I certainly do it every once in a while. And I thought to myself, Negative thought. This isn't going to last forever. Partly because I'm a dad, but also just because that's reality, is it not? Right? And it didn't last forever. In fact, before we left the table, that moment was gone. These moments of happiness seem to be rather fleeting, at least in this life. And yet we recall something that God's word teaches us, and I think we know in our hearts that what Jesus offers us is something that is lasting, something that is eternal, is something that distinguishes happiness from joy. Here's a thought. Joy walks a fine line between happiness and pain and sometimes parallel and everything in between. And yet what Jesus offers us is something lasting, something not momentary. In chapter 1 of Luke, we were there last week, we're going to be there again this week, we read of the story of the angel Gabriel appearing before Mary telling her of things to come, that her greatest purpose and joy in life will be to have the favor of God upon her life and that she will bear the Savior of the world, that she'll be called blessed, that she will experience something no other has or will, but think about it, this position that she had came with uncertainty and intrepidation and hardship and even pain, and yet what we're going to see here is that she handled it with great faith. So turn with me to Luke chapter 1. We're going to finish out the chapter for the most part. And it's a big section of scripture. We're going to start at verse 26. So I encourage you to go there as I read this for you. Reading in Jesus' name. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. That's obviously significant for so many reasons. It was prophesied beforehand, of course, that the Messiah would come through this line. And of course, David was, he was the hero of all heroes in Israel. And, and so this is important what Luke is telling us. And the virgin, it says, name was Mary. 
And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. I think that a better way of saying that, or another way of saying that, excuse me, is she was confused, perplexed, right? What is this all about? What's going on here? And the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Yeah, easy for you to say. Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he'll be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And then verse 33 tells us what will set him apart. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be No end, no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? Good question. And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. This is like a sign. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. She couldn't have kids, but she's having kids. Here's a sign, Mary. For nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, what a response. I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And then the angel departed. That's where we'll pause. For now, I can't even imagine. I think you're with me. What would have been going through her mind? The fear and concern and the wonder and the confusion... And yet her response shows us her faith in God's word. Faith in the word of God. I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. That's faith. I'm willing. I can do this. It will be my purpose. You are God and I am not. You know better. You see all. I do not. That sort of response. Nothing is impossible with God. Just in case you've forgotten, church, just in case you're doubting this, the angel certifies for us nothing is impossible with God. In the middle of the chaos or confusion or fear or uncertainty, nothing is impossible with God. In the middle of your confusion, fear, uncertainty, unrest, nothing is impossible with God. Important message, is it not? Something that I have to be reminded of every single day of my life. Nothing is impossible with God. Think about it from Mary's perspective. You're going to give birth to God in the flesh. The eternal king will be born through you, although you've never been with a man. Although you could have never expected what was going to happen to you today. And you will experience people doubting the truth of your story. They're going to roll their eyes at you and laugh at your story, and they're going to demand evidence that you can't give. But nothing is impossible with God. i got to hear that today. Take that in today. Whatever is going on in your life or in the world today, take that in. Nothing is impossible with God. Listen. This is where joy begins. Do you believe that? Really, now that I can hear you, do you believe that? Yeah. Do you believe that? Nothing 
is impossible with God. This is where joy begins, with faith in God's ability through Christ at work in us, that God is all-powerful and transcendent. His skill and strength and knowledge lacks nothing, and he offers the strength to those who know and have accepted him. And as his spirit resides within us, as we feel him, as he is in this place, this is where joy begins. I appreciate what the Apostle Paul writes about the power of God at work in us. Ephesians 1, 19 through 21 talks about what we can and have to experience his immeasurable greatness of power according to the work of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. That same power, that same resurrection power at work in us. That same power that seated him at the right hand of the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. This tells us a couple of things and it's important for us to be reminded of. The first is that he is working for his purposes, not ours, not our personal purposes in that sense. The second thing, and just as important, that he is over all powers and abilities. Let me tell you, it doesn't always feel that way. He is over all strongholds in your life and mine. He is over unholiness, dependency, compulsion, obsession in your life and mine. And he offers this power for those who are in Christ Jesus. And yet, we still battle, do we not? We still have that battle. Think about that for a moment. It's the world we live in. It's the sin in our hearts. Last week I asked you, what kills your hope? <laughs> this week, the question is, what kills your joy? And just so we could engage, I made a short list for you too. The first one is people. <laughs> people. Come on, it's true. We have, a, we have a name for this person. Debbie Downer, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Negative, maybe. How about Drama Queen? Can you say Drama King, too? I think that would be fair. Yeah, yeah. The person who always seems to be attracting turmoil in their life, and they want to share that with you? We all know that person. It could be a friend, a family member, or it could be me. We are our worst enemy often. I mean, we might not even be that person to someone else, but we might be that person to ourselves. By the way, the world tells us, just to be careful about how I'm addressing this, the world tells us to avoid such people. Seriously, Google this. <laughs> It'll just say, you need to just get them out of your life. No, that is not what I'm saying here, so please don't take it that way. In fact, I think... God puts difficult people in our lives so that we can share grace and mercy with them, okay? So the answer isn't avoid, avoid, avoid. That is not the answer to anything. Disconnect. That's not the answer to anything. But I tell you what, 
we do need to recognize environments and influences in our life, do we not? It's so important that we recognize these things. People can kill our joy. How about the second one? Fatigue. Fatigue. Nothing will steal your joy like being totally and completely worn out. You've been caring for a mom or a dad who have dementia or Alzheimer's. You've been taking care of a child with lots of needs. You've been working too many hours and you're getting taken advantage of. That's what we call fatigue. The joy is gone. You feel a bit numb. It feels like you're just going through the motions every single day and you wake up with that same feeling. Fatigue. How about this third one? I could say more, but we'll stop at three. Everyone say thank you. <laughs> Pressure. I got to get this done. I have to finish that. I don't have enough time, strength, and or patience. Pressure. Usually we put it on ourselves. This isn't about blaming someone else or something else in our lives. It's again about recognizing environments and influences and how easy it is to lose, lose heart, lose joy from the negativity and the, and, and, and the attitudes that can honestly dominate our, our lives, robbing us of joy that was given to us in Christ Jesus. Taking that which is in this sense because of Christ and because of who we are in Christ, are right. You know, what's scary about this is that negative attitudes can take over and after a while we don't even notice, like that bare wall in my living room. <laughs> we move in, a year passes, we put nothing on the wall, and then four years later, my wife says, we need to do something about that ugly wall, and I say, what wall? <laughs> right? No, it's fine, we don't need to spend any money in that area. Right, honey? No, wrong, honey. We need to spend lots of money on that wall. <laughs> okay, some money on that wall. And so we put something on the wall, and then one day I'm walking by, and I look in from the street, and I'm like, man, that wall looks pretty decent. But for five years, it was bare and ugly, and I didn't even notice. Isn't it that way with negativity in our lives? Isn't, that, isn't it that way in environments and, and certain Certain things in our lives, we, we don't even notice negative influence, fatigue, pressure, it becomes the norm, and then one day we look in the mirror and we've changed. All of a sudden, we, we just change. It's just kind of who, who we are. You know, Jesus didn't give his life, conquer sin and death, rise in victory over the grave for us to represent him, to live like we're miserable, dragging, whining, complaining, and down and out if I can be so honest. No, instead, he reminds us in John 15, 11, I've told you these things. They have been revealed to you, just as the angel is saying to Mary, they are before you, church. I have said these things so that you may be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow in any circumstance. In any situation, I think that one of the reasons we fail to live out the truth that nothing is impossible with God and that the, the 
joy of the Lord is our strength, is that we take concepts like this, okay, and maybe we believe them here, right? We take concepts like this, but we too often apply them to our own motives and personal efforts rather than the will of God. Do you see where I'm going with that? Nod your head if, if you do. If you don't, just keep it to yourself. So when life doesn't live up to your own expectations, you lose heart because you're like, well, he didn't fulfill what I wanted, right? I think that's what we tend to do. But we need to have some perspective here. God's not in heaven going, well, I better do Nick's will because I don't want to disappoint him. No, we do take these concepts and we apply them to our life and our thing and our wants and our desires. Let me give you an example. I can fulfill all my dreams in the classroom because nothing is impossible with God. Nothing wrong with that statement. I hope you want to fulfill all those hopes and dreams. But that's not what this is speaking to. Well, my team will win the championship because nothing is impossible with God. Well, God will give me this or that because nothing is impossible with God. No, God's will is so much more than this, and we have to be reminded that God's will and concern is for his greater good, not just our daily activities and lives and desires in that sense. Consider again Mary's response to the message. Okay? Now, we've just read it. Let me ask you. Was it, Lord, I was planning on going to college... Was it, I, w- I was planning a career in graphic design. What's this angel thing? Lord, how will I do this financially? Look, Lord, what will my parents say? What's my boyfriend going to say about this? No. No, that wasn't her response. I am your servant. May it be to me as you have said. Not let's make a deal. And this took her on an incredible journey through life. It really did. A journey that I I can't even comprehend her faith in and her trust in God. And by the way, that journey first took her on a trip, literally, we see it in the text here, to her family members, Zachariah and Elizabeth. Jump back to the text with me as we finish out this section. What happens to Mary next? Where does God lead her? Where does she go? It says, in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. So she's going from north and going south here. It would have been quite a journey, by the way. That's rugged land. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb, or leaped, Either one. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. They didn't have cell phones at the time. She just shows up. And they're overjoyed. But then something supernatural happens and we don't fully understand. But John in the womb of Elizabeth, he leaps for joy. There's our theme. 
And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. What if she would have never made that journey? What if she wouldn't have responded? We can't even imagine that. And then the Magnificat, this song of praise from Mary that we alluded to earlier. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant for behold from now on all generations will call me blessed. That is actually a prophecy that has come true. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name, not my name. She says, holy is his name. I love that. It's so great. That should be our attitude every day. That should be the joy that's on our tongue. It should be the joy that fills our hearts. Joy. We all want it, right? We all want it. But are we willing to follow God's plan that he has set before us? I've got to tell you, it's not likely a boring one. It will be an adventure. It's not likely going to be the most comfortable life. Nothing in Jesus' life leads us to believe that what he was after was comfort. And that the disciple in Christ then would be just nice, neat, and comfortable in life. It's not the easy path. It's not the comfortable path. Therefore, the Christian life is not living the cleanest, neatest, comfy life. Instead, it's a faith-filled adventure with Jesus at the wheel. And it's worth it because joy is so much better than happiness. And there will be struggle. There will be hardship. Have some perspective. The favor of God is the greatest blessing we can have. Yet in this life, it will bring difficulty, just like Mary faced. Because there is an enemy at war against the God who wants to offer us eternal peace, rest, and joy. Yeah, Mary faced many difficult things in her life. She likely experienced the great stigma of being pregnant before she was married. And no one understood the truth of her story. In fact, I'm sure they laughed at her if she told them the story. And as soon as the baby Jesus is born, what happens? They have to flee to Egypt. Why? Because the king hears of a king that has come and is born. And so he attempts to kill all of the Israelite boys in the country. Can you imagine the worry and the concern for his mother and for all the mothers living during that time. What an awful situation. We also have evidence that things in the home may have been difficult with the other kids, this being later on in life because of the prophecies of Jesus and what they knew of him. And we found out later he was rejected in his own town. I'm sure Mary experienced the same rejection Jesus did to one level or another. And yet, most of all, most of all, imagine being at the foot of the cross as your son dies the most agonizing, most painful death one could die. Like a criminal, and yet he was innocent. Oh, there was great pain. There was great pain. And, and that's, that's the difficulty. That's, that's the struggle. That, that's the thing that's hard to understand. What fine line joy walks in between pain and happiness. And yet, joy, we all want it. 
but it's not found in the circumstantial momentary dinners with the family or the things we'll get for Christmas. It's a gift of God at work in our hearts. Mary is like an illustration in herself. The joy was within her. The the joy is the baby. The joy is Jesus. How many times do we have to say it every single Christmas? The joy is Jesus. It's not what you're chasing. It's Jesus. It's all about Jesus. He came and he lived among us and he was rejected and accused and mocked and crucified so that we could overcome our sin, failures, fatigue, wrongs, and wickedness. He is the comfort that allows us to be content in every circumstance. He is the joy that overcomes our sorrows. His grace and forgiveness gives us something that is lasting. And it is where our hope is to reside. For that is real joy. Because it is something lasting. In a world that will not. And it causes me to reflect on what I consider happiness to be and what I expect of God. And I guess, too, what he expects of me, but that is not a burden. Oh, when the Spirit of God leads you and guides you through life, that is the greatest joy you can experience. Although it will not be easy, his joy will be in you and it will be fulfilling his purposes through your life. And let me encourage you, church, that is the best place to be. That is where peace resides. That's what we really want for Christmas. It's what we really need. Because we will face the hardships that we're seeing in life. There will be another hardship the world will experience. Say, no, no, please don't tell me that. Yes, there will be. Because the world is broken. And yet in Jesus we find healing And I think that's why you're here and why we're continuing, why we're pressing on and why, yep, even in the moment, we can experience joy. I feel bad for feeling that. But yep, even in the difficulty, I can experience something like joy. Incredible. That's our God. That's his ability, that's his power. Nothing is impossible with God. Heavenly Father, may that be something that we accept in our hearts today and believe, believe. You are so good. You are so faithful. Hallelujah, you are so faithful. Nothing is impossible with you. Not my will, but yours be done. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. For us. What a miracle. What a gift. We say amen. What a gift. Amen. What a gift.